Epic start. I know, right? <laughs> Hello! And welcome to another brand new episode. Nah, nah, I don't like that. Hold on, we're redoing no. it. That's me rewinding. That was awful. It was, but I'm leaving it in. Damn it. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Crack and Open with Mike. And Elise. It's a show where we drink things. Baby, what are we drinking today? <laughs> That's right. I just went right into it. Yeah, just diving right in. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this week we are cracking open Wicked Bueno, which is a Mexican style lager created by Banded Brewing Company. And their brewery is located in Biddeford, Maine. Biddeford. 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 It's fun to say. We have done a Banded Brewing uh, episode before as well. Correcto Mundo about a year ago. Uh, a little more than a year ago. Um, but that was their Viridian IPA. I remember things. Good stuff. Good stuff. But I went back in my notes and I found out a lot more about the brewery this time. Ooh, was, <laughs> and the beer. That was a novice podcaster. It this was. Is, my notes were only like half a page podcaster. for that one. God, I don't know what I was doing. <sighs> Amateur hour here. All right. <laughs> Professional, at least. All right. So Banded Brewing Company was founded and according to their Instagram bio is, quote, Run by a crew of misfits brewing, drinking, and banding together since 2013, end quote. And that's where part of the inspiration for their name came from as well. The name uh, connotes their aspirations of people banding together. They say, as humans, we need to band together to survive. And as an industry, craft beer needs to band together and collaborate to keep beer free and independent. Truth. Before anybody comes get you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Molson Core is going to get you. <laughs> um, and they actually had their logo before they even settled on a name for the brewery. So the two intertwined horns mm -hmm. um, represent drinking horns, obviously, which remain a ceremonial vessel in many cultures. I always wanted a drinking horn. It just, where do you put um, it when you're actually, done with it? Yeah, you, you got to like hang it, it up somewhere. Yeah. Attach a strap to it. I mean, I'd probably wear mine all the time while I'm yeah. out about it. <laughs> Mead. <laughs> this is about a medium, right? You're in line at McDonald's. Can I just? It's <laughs> charging. I'll fill it up. I'll be my Seven Eleven now. What is it? The free slushy day where you can fill up anything. <laughs> so anyway, drinking horns <laughs> remain a ceremonial vessel in many cultures, and they represent the camaraderie and beauty of enjoying a delicious beer with great people. Oh, so the location of Banded Brewing is really cool too. It's a historic location known as the Pepperell Mill and Banded Brewing is just part of the revitalization effort for the building or actually they call it a campus Ooh. because it is huge. Um, it's located next to the, I'm probably going to mispronounce this, Seiko River, Seiko, Sacco. Um, I'm not looking at your notes, so. S-A-C-O. Sure. Sacco probably. Yeah. So yeah, I did a little bit of digging, but Banded Brewing is just one building on a whole website um, and it just spreads, like it sprawls out along the the river. And there's a lot of other kinds of businesses in there. It's business and residential, but there's like arts and design type places, little like studios and cafes and bakeries. The list just goes on and on. It's crazy. And according to Banded Brewing's page on the main Brewers Guild website, which is the building that they're in, which they share with Round Turn Distilling. So there's a distillery either right above or right below them. 
Cool. Cool, 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 cool. And is absolutely stunning and infused with character. The mill space has a life of its own, a relic from a bygone era, which totally tracks. I was looking up pictures of the building and it just has the it almost reminds me of two roads in that it's like the brick, like old industrial factory kind of feel with Mm -hmm. the tall windows. And it just goes on and on, Um, except that you could probably fit like multiple two roads on the the Pepperell Mill campus. That's, that's how big it is. That's a big campus. So Wicked Bueno. As I mentioned, it's a Mexican-style lager, clocking in at a very crushable 4.3% ABV, and it's listed as using Pilsner malt, flaked corn, centennial hops, Seco River water, and yeast. So Pilsner malts make sense for a lager like this with that really soft, sweet kind of taste. Mm-hmm. And apparently Pilsner malts also produce a more substantial body and mouthfeel, uh, as well as good foam development and head retention. Ooh. And fun fact, Pilsner malts were named after the world's first blonde lager. The Pilsner was developed in the bohemian city of Pilsen in 1842. Nice. So the <laughs> the base malt of that original Pilsner was made from Hanna, which is a common barley variety, uh, which is grown in Bohemia and Moravia, which are both now part of the Czech Republic. And many of the, the best modern brewing barley varieties, that's a tongue twister, <laughs> cultivated mm-hmm. around the world, including those for Pilsner malt, are genetic descendants of that old Hannah strain. Now on to the next ingredient, flaked corn, which piqued my interest because I'm pretty sure I've only seen flaked oats used in beer before. Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing flaked corn, but apparently there are many ways to use corn in brewing. Malted corn, corn meal, corn grits, popped corn. Corn sugar, a.k.a. dextrose, Mm -hmm. and even, this is a little gross, but I've heard of it before, uh, chicha, which is corn that has been chewed and then spit into a pot. I've heard about that. Yeah. Um, I guess the way it works is that saliva is a really good source of the amylase enzymes that convert the starch into a fermentable sugar when you chew it and then expectorate the corn into the mash. But obviously that is quite time consuming. And not really a desirable option if you're not doing just like a home brew that yeah, you alone drinking. are going to drink. Yeah. <laughs> That's that- like uh, in, we just watched the Danger uh, Danger Island series, season of Archer. Mm-hmm. And when they get to the the tribe in the jungle, they're doing that. That's how they're making their booze. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And this archer is just chugging that down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that being said, Dogfish Head makes or at some point did make a chicha beer. Ugh, I like dogfish, but hard I pass. I don't know. I, yeah. I like a lot of their weird stuff. I like to try a lot of their weird stuff, but that's just that might just be too much. Yeah. <laughs> Not for me. So popped corn is also a challenge to work with unless you use an air popper, because if you use oil to pop it, it can actually affect the beer foam later on. And obviously popcorn floats. Mm-hmm. So you have to crush it all into smaller bits before you can mix it into the mash. <laughs> And although it is a more difficult ingredient to work with, corn does produce a unique depth of character for lighter beers. Ooh. Yeah. So next up on the list are Centennial Hops, a.k.a. the dual purpose Super Cascade variety of hops. It is fairly newer, although it was bred just two years after Cascade, um, had already been released to the public in 1972. But Centennial Hops would not be released to the open market until 1990. It's referred to as Super Cascade because its aroma is very similar, although slightly less grapefruity. 
um, but it has a higher bittering potential. So that's what makes it dual purpose. Hmm. But it was not widely used for a long time and was pretty much all but forgotten about until craft beer really took off. More adventurous brewers took note of this uh, high alpha hop. Alpha That being said, although its popularity has really grown, it's not an easy hop to work with because of the high alpha acid content. It needs to be harvested and processed into cold storage as quickly as possible, and it doesn't store for very long. Centennial hops are also uh, described as having aromas of pine, mild citrus, and some floral notes, and has a clean, bright bitterness. Hmm. Hmm. And finally, we've got that Seiko River water, which I don't really have any notes on. I just thought it was cool that they actually use water that's like literally from right next to them. And I think in the past episodes, we've only talked about like one or two other breweries that use very locally sourced water. It's unfiltered Seiko River water, I hope, right? Just like they did not specify. Took a bucket, (laughs) poured it in. Mm -mm -mm. If I don't see some guppies in that cup when I pour it in, I'm going to be a little disappointed. (laughs) They better have three eyes too. Ooh, blinky. (laughs) So you want to go fishing? Yep. Yep. (laughs) Okay, you ready to go for this? Because it's going to hurt so. me more than it is with a beer can. Aww. I have no nails right now to open this can. <laughs> Whose fault is that? It's mine for a good grooming. <sighs> I opened it. I'm so proud. You did. Good for you, baby. Wow, that is a light beer. So, yeah, we should talk about our history, I guess, with Mexican lagers. Yeah, sure. So, generally speaking... You and I have had the mainstays. Yeah. I mean, Corona is what I started drinking when I started drinking at 21. Mm-hmm. That was your go-to Like for my go-to a, for, a, for a long time. When you were novice. And then I learned that Corona tastes like piss. Yeah. And then, you know, if I had another Mexican beer, if we went to like a Mexican restaurant or something like that, I'd have like a Modelo, which is all right. Mm-hmm. Or Pacifico, uh, Dos Equis is Dos Equis, okay. Yep. Stuff like that. But it wasn't until recently that at least in... The Northeast, where we are, people really started brewing, introducing some more Mexican style lagers yeah. into their craft brew regimen, which is probably completely different for anybody listening on the West Coast. I'm sure That's it's probably true. more yeah. somewhere in like Southern California, Arizona, any of those Southern states. Texas. Yeah. They probably brew a lot more. A of that lot style. more of that yeah, style because beer. Because that's where they're they're closer to they're, the border. They're close so. to the border. It's probably more widely available. It's just mm-hmm. more of a cultural thing, I'm sure. Whereas here, it's like so far away that it's not. Part of the norm, mm-hmm. I guess. But recently those, which Mexican style lagers have never really impressed me, probably because they are mass produced company ones. Yeah. But recently the ones that we've had, like when we had it at uh, Dockside, had the Chilsner. Chilsner from, and now Al Capitan. Mm-hmm. Although. Was that a Mexican style beer? Yep. So that's from Andy, the brewer at Dockside. He is from the West Coast. So that's something he's used to. He used yeah. to drive down and he tells us in the interview, check it out, our Dockside <laughs> episode. That he used to go down into Mexico and, and drink cervezas. So yeah. he's used to it. Our own uh, Tribus Brewing Company here in um, Milford. Milford, Connecticut as well. They started they doing a- They just released uh, Cerveza. Cerveza, another Mexican style Pilsner mm-hmm. or Lager rather. And I believe there was someone else who just did a Mexican style. I want to say Stony Creek did one. I although I don't right. think we had it. No, I think we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely had it because we had it when we were outside on their awesome deck. Oh, Okay. So recently, a lot of our craft breweries have had them. Yeah. So I've kind of started to kind of get a fondness of them because the craft style ones that I've had Ours are very, very, very clean, good. Very clean, refreshing. Floral. Uh, it might be the corn if other ones do corn as well, but there yeah. are notes in there that are really good. But I think it's the the noble hops that really do it for me. It could be. 
But all of those beers, I believe, were a lot darker than this one. Yeah. Like this is like Corona. I wouldn't even say Modelo clear. This is like Corona clear. Mm -hmm. So I'm very interested to try some. And it really filled up my glass all Mm. the way to the top. (laughs) It smells great. It does. Oh, you can kind of smell that corn. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, that is so drinkable. (laughs) You should see the look on Mike's face. (laughs) That is crisp and refreshing. And it doesn't. Just a little bit bitter. Just a little bit. It doesn't have that kind of tin type taste that you get when you're no. drinking a Corona or even not even Corona when you're drinking like a Coors Light or other really light lagers or Pilsners. Yeah. That kind of metallic taste you get when you've stripped everything from it and it becomes so light. This, I think, and it might be that corn really layers this taste on there for you. That's what it's there for. It's if, like you taste, you, oh, you, it's beer, but there's something that corn stops it from getting that gross light beer aftertaste that you get with a lot of just straight lagers or pilsners, especially ones that mm-hmm. are, aren't the more mass produced kinds. This is, yeah. this is extremely, extremely crushable, which I got to say, we had a comment from somebody I know who listens to the show that they didn't know what crushable meant, even though we have gone over it on the show before. <laughs> crushable means drinkability in terms of beer, usually in terms of how drinkable a beer is. So we say it a lot, especially yeah. in the summertime episodes. If you're just catching on now and you hear us say crushable and you don't know what it is, we apologize. <laughs> you should bring it up every summer, I guess, like once a summer. Yeah. Because crushable it, means I feel like summer beers tend to be more quote unquote crushable than most. Yeah. And if you're not into beer or you're looking to get into beer, you might not know that vernacular. Yeah, that's true. So crushable means it's really drinkable. Like yeah. you can just go through it. It doesn't have the burn or the heft or the weight that other yeah. beers do. You just very palatable in taste nothing like that's gonna affect the taste of whatever food you're having or something like that something that doesn't sit heavy in your stomach something that doesn't make you feel gross on a hot summer day yeah so lower abv generally yep usually lower abv is part of it although you can't have a crushable high abv if they really work hard at yeah making it drinkable or crushable quote unquote (laughs) so if you have a stout stouts are great i love stouts i really love stouts but stouts aren't really crushable no Oh, this is this is really fucking good. Really, really good. So this is, I think, only the second beer we've had from Bandit. To the best of my knowledge, yeah, because you got Viridian. Viridian, you, you, I you had, chose Viridian because you had already had it and you knew you liked it. Yeah, and, and I, the can I was really awesome. The can is so so awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think we've really had anything for, from them yet since. No, it's not. Which is too bad because well, this is two for two now in terms of awesomeness. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not something that you see very often on tap, but also we haven't seen anything on tap in like 12 years. Tis been a fortnight. (laughs) Oh, man. This beer. Muy excelente. Yes. I'm sad that we only got a four pack. Well, it's a good thing that this is available in our local liquor store. Ooh. That basically means... I'm going to get more. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, fine with me. This is absolutely fantastic. If it was a nicer day, I'd say let's go out on the deck and drink the rest of these after the podcast. But <gasps> unfortunately, alas, there's, a, storm there's a hurricane coming. <laughs> uh, it's a tropical storm. Don't yeah. give it credit where credit's uh, It was a hurricane before and it'll be a tropical storm well, by the time it gets to us. There are hurricanes before. Listen, I don't need your sass. I don't know. Why I've I'm got this beer. I'll just, I'll, I'll go outside. <laughs> into the storm. Into the quote unquote hurricane. It's not here yet. (laughs) Oh man. Can't get over how crisp this is. All right. 
You want to talk about the can? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. So the can is. Oh, it almost matches your shirt. Well, it does almost Sorry. match my shirt. <laughs> so the can is uh, very colorful. It's uh, got this, I guess you would call them sun rays, but the top half of the mm-hmm. sun rays on the can, by the way, it's a, it's a, it's a tall boy. It's a pint can. Mm-hmm. The top half of the sun rays are yellow. The bottom half are like blue and the line between the yellow and the blue, it's kind of like a speckled kind of mess. Like they were both spray canned on each other. In the middle, you've got the title Wicked Bueno done in like a 3D type of pop letters, almost like the kind of stuff you see on postcards and stuff where the lettering inside is the picture. Yeah. So it's showing us. I it's would, a little retro. I would assume would be like really Saco mm-hmm. in Maine because it's definitely not like a Mexican type landscape. It's definitely Maine. It's got trees of different colors and canoes ready to go out on the, on the lake. But at dawn. for some reason, the color scheme to me mm-hmm. screams like Arizona, like Route 66. Well, I think that's because of the, the, the style. Font. I don't know if the picture in there would scream that. It's the font that screams that. No, it's just the color, like the the tone of the red, yellow, and blue. Yeah, but not in the photo itself. If you actually yeah. look at the picture, the picture is made. But the can is trying to give evoke that sense of New Mexico, Arizona, yeah. those kind of like leaving Las Vegas type yep. postcards. <laughs> Above the 3D printed Wicked Bueno is a Mexican style lager done in like a cursive style. The top is bordered, the top and bottom are bordered by these red kind of... Very Native American. It's like serration. Like central, like central Native American kind of design. Mm-hmm. Got those like the, what's the name of that red? Almost like clay. a clay red kind of color. Adobe. Adobe is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, like an Adobe red uh, spiky border. Banded Brewing has got a big white font, a uh, big white band <laughs> of <laughs> on the far right end that says Banded Brewing in just black font. Uh, very simple. The actual horns that you're talking about aren't actually on present on this can at all. I saw them somewhere. They're very small. Oh, I see them. Oh, so on the left side, it says Pilsner malt, flaked corn, centennial hops, Saco River water, yeast, unfiltered, unpasteurized, and vegan friendly. Keep cold, enjoy fresh. Brewed in the Pepperell Mill in Biddeford, Maine. Biddeford. 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 Then you get two, two of the red horns that Lisa was talking about, but they're really tiny. Uh, then it says one pint, 4.3 alcohol by volume. Please recycle. And that's it. And the Surgeon General warning, of course. But the can is really cool, really colorful. It really like captures your eye real quick. Yeah. And the fact that the title of the can is right there is actually a big change from the Viridian yeah. can where it took you, took you forever to figure out where to find the word Viridian. <laughs> and like, is that the title of the brewery or the beer? Is banded, <laughs> banded the title of the beer or the brewery? <laughs> like it was much more of a minimalist font and really took over the picture of the can took over this is really in your face mexican style lager wicked bueno buy it yeah so 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 we did <laughs> and it was so, good uh, yeah <laughs> but it's super interesting i think it's really the corn that i think it makes a huge difference and makes i think a huge you're difference right and I'm- is why we bought it when we read corn and i was like yeah that's, that's corn flakes yeah i gotta get it yep that would be a good cereal beer corn flakes That'd be very interesting. I think it's been done. Yeah? I think. I'm not positive. Locally or just like something you saw online? I think just something I saw online. I don't think locally yet. I was going to say, I'd be really disappointed if it was something that was actually like within our grasp. (laughs) But if anyone is a local brewery that's listening, cereal beers, the cereal series. More of them. Come on. 
more of them, please. We start with cornflakes. We go on to Fruit Loops. We get a Fruity cinnamon Pebbles going crunch. on. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. By the way, did oh, you buy Cinnamon, cinnamon toast, toast Crunch today? No, that's tomorrow because it's cheaper at Target. Just get me, make sure I get my <laughs> Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is good. This is really, really good. It's almost like it's wicked, wicked bueno. bueno. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. I used the title in uh-huh. the thing to describe the thing. It's funny. I'm clever. All right. So that was Banded Brewing's Wicked Bueno. It's amazing. Yes. If you're looking for something to drink outside or anytime during the rest of this summer that will never end. You're saying that like it's a bad thing. Well, never yeah. ending summer sounds pretty great to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead and pick up some Wicked Bueno, Banded Brewing Co. All right, baby. So what's up? You got any news for us? Nope. Awesome. <laughs> I thought last week was slow news wise, but like, holy crap, no, like time stopped. <laughs> Nothing happened to you, except for the the most interesting. Um, Headline I read that is pop culture related was there is some kind of controversy going on during the filming of Mission Impossible 7 where they want to blow up this like historical like 111 year old bridge in Poland and people are trying to petition not to do it. But it's like a suspension bridge that's been decommissioned for years and years, but it looks really freaking cool. I didn't read that. That's interesting. Yeah. See, stuff happened. (laughs) Well, I got some news. All right. So just today, when we're recording this, August 3rd, 2020, Mm -hmm. it was announced that Dwayne, The Rock Johnson, (laughs) and Danny Garcia bought Vince McMahon's football league, the XFL. Now, people who might not remember, the XFL came out very shortly, I think a year or two ago, and it was touted as kind of the replacement for the NFL. Mm -hmm. And it kind of had, uh, it was created by the WWE chairman, Vince McMahon who everybody knows is kind of that douche on the WWE. Yep. (laughs) So because it couldn't return for the 2020 season, the company went bankrupt. The whole league went bankrupt. Wow. So The Rock stepped in with his business partner and his ex-wife, interestingly enough, Danny Garcia, and Jerry Cardinale's investment firm, Redbird Capital. And they're now stakeholders in the league. And it only cost them a combined $15 million to buy it, which I was a little surprised. Yeah. I guess they really went bankrupt. So I would assume they're going to work on getting everything ready for a return season maybe next year because with everything going on now, plus a repurchasing of the league, it's going to take a while to rebrand everything. Yeah, there's got to be a lot of like re, what's it called? Reorganizing, rebranding, re... Restuffs. Yeah. I think you have to rework it a little bit. There's a euphemism for it. (laughs) But I'm sure with The Rock involved, you know, his presence is going to peak interest to begin with as mm-hmm. well. And I know a lot of people when it started actually were pretty much were pretty into pretty into the XFL because it had a lot of rules that were more interesting to watch. A lot of rules that were old school NFL that the NFL had had since changed or modified. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were really enjoying the XFL season when it had started a while ago. But apparently uh, there were no plans to return to 2021 originally. Oh, <laughs> so maybe it's 2022. But that's beside the point. But the XFL, you know, when it started, had a lot of people interested and it just kind of died out pretty quick, which is the same for there was another pro football league in the 90s, which I can't remember the name. It was something 
similar to XF, XFL, like something yeah. like extreme <laughs> uh, football. And it was like indoors. I can't remember the name of it. If anybody remembers, let us know. But that sounds ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It was kind of fun, but it was like, also I don't watch sports, dumb. but it sounds just, yeah, that sounds real dumb. I believe Dan Marino was an owner of a team at that point in that, that league. So, but the XFL was something that a lot of people were really interested in. It was gaining a little bit of steam when it first came out and then it kind of petered out because obviously they couldn't start again this year. So hopefully that'll change. And it's pretty interesting that The Rock, who just keeps taking on project after project after project, has taken on this Does huge Does the man endeavor. ever sleep? Rocks don't sleep. <laughs> Rocks don't sleep. My second bit of news is a little bit of a weird science kind of news. <laughs> Weird science. Weird science. So apparently cicadas are succumbing to a parasitic infection that basically turned them into zombies. What? That's freaking right, yo. Zombie cicadas. Uh, that sounds like a sci-fi movie. It kind of is. So <laughs> this fungus known as Massospora uh, has apparently been infecting cicadas for years, but not just any cicadas male cicadas and it's infecting the type of cicadas that go underground every for every, 17, for 17 years. years yeah so this is uh, according to a journal from pls pathogens as reported by live science apparently so the zombified male cicadas <laughs> work to increase the number of zombies not by biting and then turning other people into zombies like other zombie movies but instead the male cicadas start to do a dance uh, with its wings that are usually used by female cicadas. So all of a sudden, the fungus knows how to use the male cicada's brain, figures out how what a female cicada would do somehow. I mean, this thing goes all up in their brain and takes over, because how else would you know that? That's so weird. And does the dance of the female cicada to attract another- in other male <gasps> cicadas. And then when they get close... They infect the male cicada while they're mating. And they go in to mate the other zombified male cicada. So more mesospores are transferred into the other male cicada and infects the new cicada by eating away at its abdomen and replaces (gasps) the abdomen of the cicada with its gross fungusy self, which apparently just looks like a grouping of yellow spores. Oh my God. So if you see a cicada with yellow spores in its stomach, run! (laughs) Apparently, it's not easy to spot this transformation because, like we just said, cicadas usually are these cicadas. The species name is the magic cicada, the Mm -hmm. magic cicada genus, genus, which is the one that spends 17 years underground. Yeah. So scientists have been able to track different different populations of cicada over time by, you know, knowing where they're burrowing, keeping track of them when they emerge and stuff like that. So the once the abdomen, once the zombie cicada is fully transformed, the now zombie cicada will fly around and drop spores <gasps> when the cicadas emerge to infect even more. So it'll start just like bombing other cicadas from the sky. Dude, so, nature is crazy. So how these fungus and stuff control the cicadas brain, scientists aren't sure yet. But uh, it's only a matter of time before The Last of Us the video game turns into reality <laughs> because first they started with ants in the rainforest. Now they're yep. infecting the brains of our cicadas. There's no way we're not soon. We're going to be next. It's going to happen. But I love mushrooms. You won't love them when they're when you become a mushroom. Man. I know. This shiitake is crazy. 
see what I did there? Mushroom I pun. I do see what you did there. All right, folks, that's all I've got for today. You guys have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here all week. But anyway, thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Uh, and if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandwhenopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackandwhenopen, or just shoot us an email at crackandwhenopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions, because we want to hear from you. From you! From me? From you. Not from me. From you. <laughs> so, you got any plugs? I do have some plugs. If you like the sound of my voice, you can listen to me on two other podcasts I do. I've got Forgotten Cinema that I do with my buddy Mike Field. It's a podcast where we look at films that for whatever reason seem to be forgotten by audiences. Whether another movie was uh, came out at the same time. Or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We discuss what we love about the film, maybe what we don't love about it, and whether or not it deserves a rewatch, which we always recommend it does. You can check out Forgotten Cinema on ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family, or check us out on social media at Forgotten Cinema Pod. I've also got two player bros. I do with my buddy Dave, where we're two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave where every other week we'll do a roundup on news, previews, and what we've been playing. And then every other week, we'll be doing a post game presented by Two Player Bros, where we look, do a deep dive into a game that is either just come out or is extremely popular, some kind of classic. And we look at how it was made, our thoughts on the game, the gameplay, and the story. So that's Two Player Bros at twoplayerbros.com, also part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. You can also find us on social media at Two Player Bros. Very nice. And a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.